Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. This is a new video introduction for people on the YouTube channel. If not, if you're on audio, then it's just obviously the audio version. Uh, but today's podcast is with someone I've looked up to for quite a while, someone that I've followed for, for a long, long time, ever since I've really got into football illustration and sports illustration. Uh, it's Dave Flanagan, one of the many days in the sporting illustration world. Dave Flanagan has worked with the likes of BT Sports, CNN, UEFA, football clubs like Man City, Juventus, Arsenal, Chelsea. So the client list is pretty big and pretty prolific too. Dave's work is awesome and during the podcast we'll talk about how he found design, his growing up, his design career so far. We also talk clients and tools. Dave also gives tons of advice throughout the episode to young and new designers and illustrators. I really enjoyed this chat with Dave and I hope you enjoy it too. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Can we start off with who you are, your background, uh, how you found illustration? Um, I'm Dave Flanagan. I'm uh, an illustrator, a uh, freelance illustrator and designer. Um, I basically will take you way back. <laughs> when, I, when I was a kid, I used to just draw. That's all I did was draw, make pictures. Um, that's all I loved doing, is all I was good at. Um, and I think it got to a point where at school and stuff, that that's, that's all I was really interested in, that and playing football yeah. um, and, and football. So as I grew up, um, ended up my dad used to let me draw Murray the Rovers characters on the walls and things like that. So like, I just had just like graffiti in my whole room and stuff because my dad would let me. And uh, I was just really into Murray the Rovers and things like that, Murray Rovers comics books, penny stickers and things like that. Yeah. Um, I mean... When I was a kid, my Panini sticker books were like, you know, my pride and joy. I mean, I remember like when I was a kid, I was going to run away from home. And the first thing I packed was my 1986 Panini sticker book and stuff like that. And, and like Roy the Rovers, that was, I get spends in a week and my spends went on buying a Roy the Rovers comic book. And then I just go home and read it 20 times and I buy the annuals and everything. And I was a bit obsessed with it. And I never thought of it as a career or anything like that. But um, I then got to, went to school, through school, Loved doing art, loved my art teachers, and, and then that's what I sort of excelled in in art and, 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 and a bit of design. And then it came to choosing what you wanted to do when you went to college. And I sort of said to my mother, I said, uh, well, I'm going to do art. And she went, You know, there's no money in it. And I went, Oh, right, okay. So she went, Graphic design. So I said, Okay, that sounds all right. So I did graphic design at, at Preston, because I live in the northwest of England. Um, and I did a college course in graphic design and I enjoyed it. But I think I enjoyed it mostly because there was a lot of art involved. So we were doing like life drawing, we were doing like going to Lake District and painting landscapes. So I thought that was great. So it was kind of a combination of design and art. Um, and I really enjoyed that and I did all right at that. And then I went on to, I tried to apply for university, but I didn't do very well in my interviews and things like that. I was so nervous. And then um, I ended up really, I, I could have gone to university and kept on trying, but I ended up. Uh, picking a college in a Bolton Institute. Um, so I went there because they had a decent design course. And uh, my mum lived there. So my dad split up, so my mum lived in Bolton. So I went, I thought I could live there for free. Yeah, handy. <laughs> yeah, handy. So I went there and it was, it was a pretty good course. Um, it was very different to my sort of BTEC college course. It was it probably was more on the design side, but I still got through it and I enjoyed it. And, and I, liked, I really enjoyed people that I went to college with. Um, and then... I left college and just didn't know what to do. So I just um, sent CVs out. Um, so I sent CVs out to everyone in the Northwest. And I heard back from a few, went for a few interviews and it didn't go well. And then um, I sent a CV out to a company, uh, design agency in Preston, um, based near Preston North End's ground. And um, they still um, come in for an interview and just have a chat because the, the guy who owned it, knew someone who had done work experience with at the Harris Gallery in Preston. So it was like a really obscure link, but he said, you know, come along. So I went down and had an interview and it went okay. And they said, oh, we'll get in touch. And then they didn't get in touch. Yeah. At this point, I was like working on a farm because around where I lived, it was all farming. So it's like every day covering mud and dust and getting home. And then uh, it was like a month later and my dad came back. He said, what are you doing? He said, ring them back up or ring the web and and see if, see, see if they'll take you on. So I rang up and said, look, I had the interview. How did it go? And they went, we're mad busy. Do you want to come in? And I said, yeah, yeah, come in, yeah, come in. He said, come in. Just come work for us. We're mad busy, come in. So it was like crazy. I just rang up at that point. And I went in 
and like I stayed there for like I'm not going to tell you how long I stayed there. It was a long, long time, but basically it was a design agency, and they were just great, and 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 they helped me develop, and I worked my way up, and uh, working on projects that were like more things like um, brochure design. Uh, when the web started getting going, it was like in, um, website design, you know, exhibitions, things like that. But I got to because of that, because it's like brand design things. I got to experience the full spectrum of design. Mm. Um, from junior level, working up middleweight to senior, um, and then work my way up to kind of like a, a design director role. Um, and that became a bit more management. So I was like managing people and meeting clients and stuff, which I loved, but it was less and less than design. Um, but in between all that, I, I still love doing my art, I still love drawing, I still love illustrating. So what I did was I was doing that at night and I, had, I bought myself an iMac and I was. I'd be constantly experimenting and I didn't know where to make money from it because you try and look and you think like well, how do I take this thing I've done and then make money from it? who sees me and how do I do it and it took me a good number of years to like I started off doing Christmas cards well, mm. I make money from Christmas cards but I started off doing that and then and then I did um, I'd start doing work for like charities and things like that which got me a bit more confidence and then it just built up into the point where I think it's, it's one of those weird things. Um, like Ricky Gervais, right? I'm, I'm a bit of a Ricky Gervais fan. But I always used to think, because he made The Office. Yeah. And he made The Office because he worked in an office and he knew it and experienced it and he made a comedy about it and it was massive. And he said, I watched an interview with him, he said that do what you know, do what you understand. Don't try and become, you know, don't try and do, you know, illustrate Spider-Man comic books if that's not your interest and that's not what you like doing that's not what you're doing or that's not what you know or you're good at you know do something that you're good at so I just I just started illustrating footballers yeah and and never thought I could make money from it where, where could you make money from it you know and then um, I did a picture of David Silver um, uh, I think he's talking like 2012 2011 something like that I did a picture of David Silver and I was putting my images on Flickr I mean, you can still go on my Flickr, I can't see all my rubbish that was before. <laughs> you can still see the history of rubbish that I've on there. And I just put it on. And um, the next thing, like, I got a call. It was, it was the day before my birthday. And I got this call, and I was at work at, doing my job, and I got this call, and they said, oh, we're from an agency who worked with Man City. And we were wondering, we were like, what you've done, could you illustrate the whole squad for us? And I just thought someone was talking to me. I was like, yeah, you know, sort of thing. And the next thing... Um, they, they said, we'll confirm tomorrow. So on my birthday, like, on my birthday, they basically said, can you illustrate the whole squad? And I was like, yeah. Well, I'm present. Um, it, was, it was crackers. Um, so I illustrated the squad and then I sent it over and they used it. It was like a um, uh, promoting to kids, like a kids club thing. So it was like the players with like big heads and small bodies mm -hmm. type of thing. But um, it wasn't really my style, but it was something that I'd, it, it was kind of known towards what I would eventually go on to do. Yeah. Um, and then it, it just went, it didn't go big, it didn't go big at all. They, they, like, they, like one point they said, oh, can you come to the ground and we'll interview you? And, then, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is amazing. And they said, can we come and we'll interview you? And, and I said, as long as we can bring the agent. Well, I didn't have an agent, I told my dad. So I was like, me and my dad, so I told my dad's my agent, <laughs> me and my dad's in the city. And we ended up being interviewed, like we were going through the ground, we were saying, oh, we'll go in this restaurant interview in there, and then there was been work being done, we said, we'll go somewhere else. And then they said, this isn't working. So we went pitch side in the seats, like a, like a player being interviewed. Uh, we were just looking at each other going, what's going on? You know? um, but in truth, even with that, and even with all that work, I didn't do anything with it as such. I didn't, I wasn't big on social media. I was putting bits and bobs out, but not, I wasn't really promoting myself well enough. Mm. And then um, I did a few more pieces like that. And some magazines got, sort of looking at it and things like that. So I was doing a couple of bits from magazines. We built really slowly. Whereas in truth, looking back now, if I try and really push that city stuff, I could have maybe progressed sooner. But I was constant. My problem is I get bored quick. Not bored, but if I'm doing a vector illustration, I'm doing a vector illustration, and I'm thinking, oh, I'd really love to do a drawn illustration. Or if I do a really complex illustration, my brain's going, oh, I'd really good to do a really simple illustration. So as soon as I've done a complete one, I want to go and do the opposite. And... It's kind of, I mean, you see my work. My work's very, there's all sorts of different styles going on. It's just, yeah. just because I like doing something different every time I'm doing something. It's a bit, a bit strange like that. Yeah. Um, and it, 
and the, I would I would never have done the city stuff and then done all my work like the city stuff because I just can't do that. I can't do the same thing over and over again. Um, so I ended up like changing things up and I did things like uh, um, rather than doing like a vector face with flat colours, I did like an outline version with outlines and things and tried developing that style. And it was, I can't remember which World Cup it was, but... Um, uh, it was what year? 2014. So I did some pictures of Messi and, and Muller. And then the German newspaper for the final got in touch and asked me to do illustrations. And they went on the cover of the newspaper. That's crazy, and, isn't it? And it was absolutely crazy. You know, like on the front, this like they said it was the second biggest Sunday newspaper in Germany. So the day of the final, they had my pictures on the front, which is just daft, isn't it? It's absolutely daft. And I just did them for fun. But somebody liked them. And everything that I do, everything I seem to do or pick up is something that I do for fun or I do think, I think I want to illustrate this in this way. And then you push it out on social media, someone sees it and someone gets in touch. And I've, it sounds daft, but um, the work built and built and, and, and I got to the point where I thought I could do this as a job because I was working for like, ESPN, like I, this, I mean, there's a great designer, Neil Jameson, you might have heard of um, Sporting Press, um, you might have seen on Twitter, but he worked for ESPN and um, it was really bizarre. Like he got in touch with me and he, he, he um, contacted me by email and said, uh, can we have a chat about a project? And then he was from Preston, from where I was, and he was from Preston, he was in New York working for ESPN and he, and he was originally from Preston, we were chatting about clubs we used to go to and all that sort of stuff. But like, mm-hmm. he's, I mean, he's an amazing designer. Um, and he just commissioned me to do a project. But it was like, it was on the back of something. In fact, it was on the back of that. It was on the back of that, that he commissioned me to do Messi and Ronaldo for like an animated web thing. So then that was big and then I was promoting that. And it just, everything sort of bounces and escalates off each other until you get to the point where you're like, I could do it as a job because I was working for tons of, and I couldn't justify not doing it because it was, I was working for so many, so many different people. And what's tried, try and do now is try and find time to, to experiment and do things that I wouldn't normally do so that I can carry that on. Um, Cause what you can do is get, I, I think you can get too far in a rut of doing the same style and the same stuff and pigeonholing yourself and not advancing. Um, but yeah, so it was, it's just been a, a bit of a roller coaster, really, until yeah. the point where I gave my job up, and you know I've got well, I've got three kids now, and I've got like a, you know got a mortgage and everything. Which you know that design agency I worked for was I worked with some amazing people over a great number of years, and I learned everything you could learn from like junior up to senior designer. Mm. I learned the whole process, so I learned how quickly you have to turn things around. I learned how you've got to be nice to clients, how you've got to treat clients with respect, how kind of how the money works, although that's completely different in the freelance illustration with how the money works, but that's really hard to do. I don't want to, you know, trying to understand how you pitch the right cost to the right people is crazy, but um, it's just trying to, it built up all that confidence in me to the point now where I'm not worried about it anymore. I kind of enjoy what I do. Um, the only time you worry is when you're too much on, which tends to happen is you've got too much, you've got to, get things going, get it out and you've got to find the time because you're on your own, you're a freelance designer or freelance illustrator and you've literally got got a team of 24 to do and you've no one else to go, right, you do that one, I'll do this one. So it's been a roller coaster ride um, but it's got me to to here. I don't know where here is because it's hard in the freelance world. I don't know where here is. I don't know... um, how you know you live in this social media world so you think well is it on the amount of followers i've got on social media but that can't be it because i know some amazing illustrators who've got half as many followers as me but they should have twice as many (laughs) than you know um so i don't know how it quite works but i suppose it's just the phone calls and emails that you get um that that justifies what you're doing so if you get an email from arsenal or you get an email from someone they say can you just work for us then you're doing something right aren't you if you understand what I mean. um, yeah, that's the question. That's all. <laughs> I rambled that's, a bit. No, that's really good, really detailed. Uh, it's, that's, that's crazy, isn't it? I just started uh, from one project. How important is that just to get that big project underneath your belt? And then it sort of 
escalates from there. It's it's honestly, it doesn't matter. You, you you could you could do a big project from like I've never done a sportswear project. I'd love to. I've never done one. I'm dead jealous of Dan Layden for that. Really <laughs> annoying. And uh, all the all the rest of the day, real they've, they've all got um, humours and nikes under the belt. I haven't got any of that. But it's uh, even if you do that big project, it doesn't matter. It, it, people think you might have made it. I might, I might have thought, oh, I've worked for Sissy now, I've done this, I've made it. You've not. You've literally, it's like any design job. Like if you were working design, you design a logo for a florist, great, you've done it. But now you've got to design someone somewhere else. And you've got to design, because you've got to keep it going. You've got to keep And I think that's the thing. You can't ever rest on your laurels and say, oh, I've made it up here, because you, you've got to keep evolving, changing. And there's so many people you'll know who are doing the same thing that I'm doing now. You know, it's not as if I started doing this, people were doing this anyway, but it's built and built and built. And you get to the point where there's hundreds of people doing it, thousands of people doing it, and then you're competing against lots of different illustrators, great illustrators to try yeah. and keep the work. Um, right. But the big, the big project going off that is just experience. Right. So I did that work for City, and I experienced how to, because um, my whole thing is about, I, I think my whole way of illustrating is getting the likeness. Yeah. But that's my uh, it's, it's like solving a puzzle for me it's like once I've got that likeness of the player I've cracked it and then a, then a craft but if I'm not getting that likeness that you know I'm fa- I feel like I'm failing so with the city stuff I had to get the likeness of like 25 28 players including the manager and everything so you end up like you've really got to hone that craft and also when you've got a style if you're using a style you've got to make sure you can use that style to create the look, you know, to, to get the look of someone. Um, so it's it's just the big projects are good, but you've just got to learn from them and get the next ones, you know what I mean? Really but how important are they to get the ball rolling, though, if you get that big client? Is it more likely to get a a eyes on you? It probably is. It probably is, like, like social media and stuff like that. If you say I've worked for Man City, it probably, from a social media point of view, it's probably a great thing and other people. I suppose what it, what it did for me is once you've got a couple of biggest clients in your, under your belt, the next big client comes along can trust you. Right, yeah. That's mostly it. In fact, yeah, that's what I would say is that if, if you've never worked for a big client or you've not done that big project, then why are they going to trust you to do it? Now, it might be that, that Nike goes, oh, this great artist is really unique and we're going to use him and that's great, you know, and people can build from that. But actually... A lot of them are like, for instance, I work for like England Rugby, mm. and, um, but they will have gone on my website and gone, oh, he's worked for cities, worked for Juventus, he's worked for this guy. And they'll go, we can trust this guy to deliver because it must be a real minefield of if there's hundreds of illustrators out there, he might be really good, but actually, has he got another job? Is he committed to this? Is he paying tax? All the different things that add up to actually being able to commission someone, you know, that's the other thing. I mean, you know, they can't just commission anyone. You've got to be legitimate. You've got to be a business. You've got to freelance in order to do that. Um, mm. how, how, about, how do you go about finding clients and, and if you don't get just get calls, if, you, if you're struggling to find like clients, especially football clubs, you have yeah. to make it football club specific? It's, it's one of those. I've been, I get asked that on social media all the time. That's yeah. the most questions I get is how do you get clients? And if, if I'm honest, I have never gone to a client. I've never, none of my clients have I gone and said, um, can I work with you? The only, the, only, the only team that I've ever done that to, and they will not answer my calls on this man, it's Preston North End. I want to work with Preston North End, if you know anyone. <laughs> and they won't, they won't reply to my emails or anything. They don't know what I'm doing wrong, but they don't like me. Um, oh. But yeah, but no, I've never, I've never done it. So I, I honestly think that if, if, if you if you're not getting those jobs or you're not working those clubs it's just to follow the right people on Twitter post your work tag the right things in it someone will see it someone will see it and someone will knock it down it's like an example if you're looking at me in terms of um, like I did some work for CNN um, so I'm, I'm at my computer I get this email pings up it's from CNN a designer in America CNN um, we've seen some of your work. We really like it. Can you do a picture of Donald Trump for CNN? This was after he won the, the election, I think. Mm. And I was just like, this is crazy. You know, why am I doing work for CNN? You know, Donald Trump. 
And I said, uh, I said, that's great. I can do that. But can I just ask how the hell do you know about me? And he says, he's a massive football fan. Um, and he just, he's in soccer over there, obviously, but he's a massive soccer fan. And he basically, he's obviously interested in design and art. So what he does is, as he's trolling through the internet or Twitter, whatever it is, and he sees someone who's done a football illustration, oh, I really like that. He'll tag it or pin it or mark it down. Nice. And then when it came to it, they wanted Donald Trump in a, like a, uh, a stained glass window style. Well, I'd done some stained glass window stuff just as an experiment, just as messing about, never been commissioned with it really. And then he said, we really like it because you do it with Donald Trump. But how, how wide a connection is that? for me to be working with CNN, that he saw some football stuff, saved it, and when they were talking about it, because it was about um, uh, religion and Donald Trump and whether he actually was part of a church and stuff like that, so they wanted that thing. So that connection is just crazy. And those connections can happen to anyone. I don't care what anyone says. If my advice to get clients is to, is to do good, exciting work. You can copy people. You can copy people all day and copy their work and go, here's it. But it'll never come to anything if you're copying. You can be inspired by people. You can take bits that people do, so simplicity or intricacy or the way they draw stuff or the way they use backgrounds and things like that. You can take that. But if you just copy, you really won't go anywhere. Um, but I, th I think um, in terms of getting that first client, back to your question, is it's thinking about it, not, not thinking about it as in I've got to go to – I never work with Liverpool, but say – you don't go to Liverpool and say, here's some work, can I work with you? What you do is you tag pictures of Liverpool and tag the right people in them right. or follow the right marketing manager who works for Liverpool or something or get your work, get interviewed by you or get... <laughs> yeah, that's the one I'm, I think I'm going to start playing on, the interviewing yeah. thing. Yeah, the interviewing really thing. Or just get it that people are talking about it or, you know, right. I mean, I never advocate working for free. You do now and again just for simple projects and stuff or stuff that you think will get prestige, but don't always work for free. But if you do work for free, do it so it has the most impact for you yeah. and gets the most people to see it. Um, and it's, hmm. you know, club. you've got to think about football clubs and agencies aren't just one entity. They're all sorts of different elements. And there'll be people who work for those clubs. There'll be people who work for those agencies. There'll be people that think, and it's, there's all sorts of avenues into those those industries that if you just think, I want to work with Liverpool, I'm just going to send stuff to Liverpool, it doesn't work like that. Right. You've got to think around it. You've got to think, and, and, and truth, get good work out there. And, and when I say good work, I'm rambling here, but sorry. No, when good. I say good work, it's not always, I'm not a fan of ultra-realistic illustration where you get to the point where it looks like a photograph or it's so far near a photograph that it's just, that's not my thing. Right. So, so someone who does an illustration which is um, just an outline or just uses black line or just uses brush strokes or whatever is just as valid as something that's really intricate because someone at Liverpool might go, oh, really after something? I keep talking about Liverpool. I don't know why. I'm not a Liverpool fan. But it's like um, it might be really valid to them. They might want something, want something, that, want something, that, want something, that, actually, something that is really unique. and. It doesn't have to be the most amazing illustration. It could just be something that style-wise they see and they use. And I think that's the thing to take on board with all this stuff is that that's where I come from, is that I can do I can do a drawing and do a really intricate drawing um, or I could do a really simple vector. Mm. I get a much enjoyment out of both of them, but also I know that someone will be looking for a really simple vector, but I know that someone will be looking for a really intricate drawing. And... It doesn't always have to be one style, one thing. It doesn't have to be the most perfect thing. You get so jealous of people. I look online and you look at things and you just, it's crazy, isn't it? You just think, and I'm, 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 then I might as well give up. But that, what they're doing and what, what, what that work is, is unique or, or it's relevant to maybe one, per, one club or one person, which is actually something where someone does just a, a stick man kicking a football might be relevant to someone else. It's not that example. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's a massive echo. Massive echo. Um, sorry, sometimes it does that with the internet. There we go. That's perfect. Um, I cut that about. It's all right. No, no, I'm doing something as well. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Like, you look at other people's work, especially in the football illustration world, they're sort of like, say, 
around 10 people that you look up to that are sort of the people that are leading everything they always work with the big biggest people and also, <clears> you're one of them dave's one of them not the three daves um you got you got scott mcroy and you got dan and people like that you just you look at them and think right they're, they're gonna get all the work they're gonna but then you've got people that are looking for different styles as well yeah you create something that's different from those guys then it's, it's it's gonna stand out and you can be eventually be one of those people and um this is it's really nice bit of hope like if you don't just copy people maybe learn how to do it from them and then you create your own thing on the back of that learn to do something a bit differently there's, there's, there's nothing unique yeah um, you know some people are very stylistic some people got this amazing style of illustration like a, like a Dave Merrill yeah and that stuff how does he do that yeah, how yeah. does he do it but but like that's his style and that's his approach and that style is relevant for certain projects but if someone wants a really simple vector illustration of think that's not the same thing and, and and that's where you know Dave will does some amazing sort of illustrations and it gets real character in the faces and then and you've got the opposite of Dan Layden who does these like they're not cartoon because that's disrespectful but they're just so stylized and so yeah and you just know it's the player but they've got that real style and wit and humor which I'm really jealous of because I, I don't get any of that in my work mine just looks pretty but it is that it has something behind it or something like that yeah I think that's it's just what someone's after at the right time um and then whether you fit and 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 it, there's no way that there's, these clubs are just looking at 10 illustrators. They're not. Yeah. It, they're what they're looking for and what they'll have is people looking for the next thing, the next thing that looks good. And, you know, you can be the best illustrator in the world at what you do, but actually you, you've got to keep yourself relevant and keep going in order for them to see you. And it's like anything in the world. It's if, if you want to work with a top club, You've got to be doing something that they want to use or they see or that design agency works then wants to see and wants to do and, and it might be something that you colored the way you use colors really good and they really like it or the way that you use brush strokes the way that you can illustrate 24 players might be good something like that you know it's it, I, I don't think it's like that at all that there's only so many people are doing it i think there's just at the moment there's a there's a few projects out there that we're all working for different clients and it all looks like we're doing different things but I get jealous every day of things I see on the internet. <laughs> I don't know over that though, because there's a lot of people out there, like you say, and you look at other people's works and work and you do get, oh, they're there at that point, they're at this point. How'd you get over that? It's, I don't know, it just. Or do you just forget about it? You, know, you sort of see it and then turn the phone off and then that's gone. Well, it depends, it depends how, you, how your brain works. You could, you could literally just give up. You could yes. say, right, I'm not as good as them, I'm going to give up. Or, you can say, right, I'm going to copy them. Uh, that's no good because they're doing it better than you're doing it. Mm. It's, it's, to, it's to get your style and your approach out there. And it's, and it's to find that. I mean, I used to do things like, I used to illustrate for years. No examples of it, but I used to illustrate for years, like pencil illustrations of faces and things, and then shrink the eyes on them so that they have this really weird look to them. And I used to really enjoy doing them. What the hell was I going to do with it? But someone saw it because I can't remember what I used to do. I was commissioned for something. I was commissioned for something for it. Yeah. It's just about trying things, experimenting. Some things will come off. I mean, I sometimes I, I'll work on an illustration and I'll be halfway through it and I think, oh, I'm not so sure. And I go to the point where I should have finished this. And what I'll do is throw it on Instagram. i throw it on Twitter and get something I'm experimenting with. And what you do is you get feedback. That's the best thing about social media is you get people like, going, really love that or what you're doing there looks nothing like them. Or, I mean, I did one the other day, which was, I was trying to do a sketch of Bale doing an over a kit, and I had people saying, "Oh, it's a great um, in a, day, um, a great Zlatan. And I was like, "No, <laughs> no, I might not carry on with that." <laughs> you know that kind of thing. I knew it was Bale. I saw that. <laughs> <I knew> Bale. <laughs> <laughs> but you do that, so and what you do is you think, "I've drawn this, and I'm thinking about it." But what do people think of it? And it's a good way of getting feedback. But it's, I suppose, like anything, it's. I didn't go straight into football illustration because I had no idea how to make money from that. It was a kind of a um, a mix mash of look with social media taken off the way it did, look with the way that football clubs and clubs use um, visual content and illustration, and kind of a bit of look. But all behind that was I was working for a design agency and learning all the skills and all the ways of, of working with industry to build up to that point. So I had the confidence to do it. If yeah. you look at me when I was first starting design. Go out and work with football clubs and do illustration. I, 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 
I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't have known what to do. I wouldn't know how to deal with clients. I wouldn't have known what costings are, what, what, what in terms of turnaround times and things like that. It's, it's one experience and one thing. And, and these people that you're talking about, these top 10 or, or wherever they are, each one of them, if you talk to them, will have built up experience to get to there. There's not many of them who are 23. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> just starting out, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that uh, the days in Scotland that are old, but what I mean is they've all worked in the <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's say they're all they're all old, yeah. <laughs> to get to the point where they've got enough experience, you know, or they've got enough contacts and different things like that. You know, I still contacts from my own uh, design agency and things like that and bits of things. I've been doing work for um, the English Football League because uh, the EFL, because a company that a, a supplier that I work with through that design agency did work for the EFL, and then and you get and it's all connections, it's all ways of getting around, and um, mm. yeah, nice, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a question from Dave Will: Who's your favourite Dave in the uh, football illustration world? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we asked the question. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't have a favourite. Um, <laughs> well, the, the thing is, people might understand is, is that um, is that as we were going through, and we were working on the BT projects, the, the Champions Draw stuff. Yeah, and we we're all working on that. But as we were working on that, we we're all sort of chatting to each other. We ended up making like little groups, like you do on Twitter. Like you get this, but not WhatsApp, not WhatsApp, just like Twitter groups. And you end up just like going like, "Oh, I've just done this. What do you think?" or um, I'm just talking to this client and they're being really asked about this or, the, or, the, or they're not telling me what about it. And you talk to them and get like really good advice because they've had experience on something that they've done yeah. or they've even spoke to the same client and it sounds daft, but that's what happens as well. And, and it's just, it's a good, um, because you work at home on your own. I mean, I'm sat here, it's my kitchen stroke dining room set up, but um, you're on your own a lot of time. And if you've got some, and the social media, that's a great thing about it, is you can actually chat to quite a few illustrators and, and, and then eventually sometimes you get to meet them and stuff and it's really good to yeah. actually, you form these little communities and stuff. And um, yeah, people like Dave Merrill, Dave Will, Dan Layden, Scott McCray, we've had this little group where we just bounce things off each other all the time and it just, it's, you know, you'd think it would be like, you'd think it'd be a bit like, oh, jealousy or you think it'd be a bit like oh yeah they're in my industry and they could take my jobs but it, it's, it's not like that it's kind of like if someone gets a big job and like oh well done on that you know how that come about or whatever it's just it's it's, it's quite nice actually but favorite Dave it's shoes <laughs> <laughs> Dave and Dan both said that actually that you've got this group going and it's really good to have contacts and you've got to always be looking to improve and asking your peers how to improve and being yeah. with them it's really then, good just like for we, the amount of times we've been doing on the BT projects and we've thrown it out and said, what do you think of this? And someone said, you know, I've moved that player to the left and do this. And then it's worked. Everyone's gone, thanks for that. And then that you see it posted the next day and contribute to it a bit. You know, it's, it's quite mm-hmm. good. Or just have a little idea on it. Cause you, half the time when you're illustrating is you spend all your time looking at something for hours and you think, oh, it must be good. And then someone says, no, if you move that, and they're like, yeah, I should have seen that two hours ago or something. Yeah, it's really good to have that little network and stuff. How are you finding full-time freelance and, and moving into your own house and like, having this this uh, balance of life and all that stuff that comes along? Yes, yeah, it's, um, it's it's good. It's it's um, I, I miss if, if I'm honest, I miss the social aspect of being in a design agency. So I love the people I work with and yeah. the design agency I worked at um, in Preston, and I just you know these people I sort of grew up with in the design world um, and um, I love them to bits and, and working with them every day and going in and chatting about stuff was great so now then you take that and you've got a freelance world you're on your own you sat here yeah. and you sound like you talk to clients now and again or you talk to people but um, it, it can be a bit strange in that respect because you're not going and you know, you're not talking about what you saw on TV last night or you're not talking about you know what do you think of Game of Thrones last night or whatever it is you're not getting that but on the balance of that is I get to see loads more of my family, which is amazing. Um, I've got a little, I've got a new baby, little girl. Congratulations! Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Eighteen weeks old, so that's the, that's yeah. the challenge in itself. Um, but I've got I've got to mention my little kids as well, but um, Evie and Jamie, because they could basically uh, they, I took them to school this morning. They said best mention, so Evie and Jamie. Nice. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, but I get to see a lot more of the family and I have more flexibility in what I do. So I'm not working nine till six like I did for however many years. I actually, you know, I start work at nine, but then I'll work to a certain point so I have gaps or able to go somewhere or go and visit a gallery or whatever that is. And I think that's important is to actually just get away from your screen a bit and come back. Um, but I, I enjoy freelance work. I enjoy the work I do. Um, and I don't know. Okay, I never thought I'd be doing this sort of thing. I mean, I used, like I said, I used to draw Roy the Rover's characters on the wall. I used to draw Roy the Rover's characters on paper, put them in an envelope, post them to Roy the Rover's, but I didn't put stamps on them. So I don't know where the hell they went. <laughs> but things like that. It's like I never thought you can make money from it. Yeah. And now I am. It's kind of like you sort of pinch yourself a bit. You sort of. And one day you get an email from Arsenal or like. Yeah. Like say you mentors to something and you're just like, well, where did this come about? How did this happen? And and I think that, that the freelance side of it has its ups and downs. It has its great in the fact that you know you've got that freedom, but then you've not got that social aspect as much. I think that's that's the balance side. Yeah. What's, what do you think the hardest thing about being freelance is? Is it just not having many people around you, or what do you think it is? It's kind of you're on your own. I think that's the the hard one of the hardest things. Right. Is that you. It's your responsibility. You've got to deliver. Um, so if today someone's just asked me for eight illustrations by the end of the week, and you're like, oh, right, okay. But I'm also working on another project. And then uh, someone else has just emailed me now about another project. And then you're like, well, I've actually I've still got to have a life here, and I've still got to have a family and stuff like that. So you're like, and then you don't want to say no to certain people because you, know, you don't want to ruin relationships and stuff. So yeah. it's hard because you're on your own. And it might get to the point where, I know some illustrators I've spoke to get, you know, like they get juniors in to help them or they get people in to help them and build little studios and stuff like that. So I'm not at that level. I'm not at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might get to that point where it just might free up getting another freelancer involved to help me to, to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other, the other aspect of it, 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 it is, is when you're in a job, when you're in a working design agency, you can have a holiday. So you know you've got for two or three weeks holiday you can take and you're off at Christmas and blah, blah, blah. So you book that in and then and then um, you say, right, we're going on holiday at this point. And when you freelance, you're kind of like, well, if I book two weeks holiday off there and they want to, you know, it's in the middle of the World Cup and someone wants me to do that or this tournament's coming up or they want to and you just kind of like, how do you balance that? Sorry, I've ruined it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I should have turned that off. Um, okay. yeah, yeah, that, yeah, exactly how you balance it. It's- the World Cup one's interesting as well because it's prime sort of holiday time. Yeah, it's that. But I mean, mo- the only advantage you've got is that most, if there's a World Cup on, you've done all your work before because it needs launch for the World Cup. Good point. But it's just trying to, yeah, it's just trying to balance it because you've got kids at school and then you've got um, everyone wants to go on holiday or they want to go away, but you're trying to fit in the work that you've got to do and you've no one you can pass it off to. Whereas in the design agency, you can say, oh, right. Can you go and do that? Can you do that? And I'll work on this, and then I'm going to all the next week. We can't do that unless you've got to try and balance everything. But yeah, I'd say that's the that's the difficulty that you've had. Yeah, yeah. When when did you know you wanted to make the jump from being in a full time job? Um, I, I think it's you sort of know, and you know that you're building up to it because you're working with certain clients and you get certain projects and it's regular right so what you end up being is, is that you go actually I'm now regularly working with this club or I know I've got these contracts over this time period in a year so you know that you might get that next year or you mo- know that you might build on that next year whereas if it had just been that one man city project and then nothing had come then I would never quit my job but it's built and built and built to the point where it's, it's that regular that you go, well, actually, why am I doing two jobs? Because that's what I got to. I got to the point where I was literally doing two jobs. I was literally like coming home after working in design agency. My wife wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and coming home and actually then doing another job. So you, you end up like staying up to whatever. I mean, I never used to stay up that late, but you, you'd stay up late and you'd be like doing work and you think, man, I'm just killing myself. Yeah. But actually, it built up to being able to then just disconnect and go on my own because it had built up to what it had been. Because um, at the end of the day, like you know, you've got to pay a mortgage or you've got to pay rent or you've got to pay for your car or you've got to pay for you know, whatever it is. So you've got to, and if you've got kids as well, it's like balancing that so that um, 
you know, the money's still coming in and stuff. And, that, and the other thing is, is savings and things like that. I mean, I know um, that you have to save up, you have to save up that little bit of a bank that you say, actually, I've got enough money to be able to have so many months. And if it doesn't work, I go from, I go back and try and work for a design agency again. You know, it's that kind of stuff. Um, but it, take, it is the scariest thing in that it's so scary. When I left uh, the design agency I was working for, I was just like, it's, it's, it's just literally like, um, but uh, you just, as long as you're busy, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's, the, that's the thing, yeah. Um, again, it comes back to getting the clients and getting the work and, yeah, like you say, keep them busy. Um, are you more of a, a morning person or an evening person? You still like to that now like when you're freelance? Um, I, because I've been doing freelance situation in the evening so much. Yeah. Um, I'm, I guess I'm an evening person, but if I'm honest, my best work's in the morning because I could spend because you because you're more tired at night. You can you can basically be messing around with something for for hours. And then you go, right, I've got to go to bed. And when you come in the morning, you do it in 20 minutes. Because mm. your brain's just fresh or it just looks at it a different way. And, and that's what I've learned as well, is that rather than staying up to silly o'clock, your brain's tired, so you're not actually doing what you should be doing. You, unless it's like an artworking job and you're just churning stuff, that's fine. But actually, it, it's better. I'm better first thing in the morning in terms of the, in the quality of work. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm very much more a night person. <laughs> With the freelance stuff, do you try and stick to a nine to five, or do you try and do you try and stick to certain hours? I try, I try and stick to a nine to five. The, the the problem when you're working from home is that you know, like, it's like I take my kids to school, so I get back and work yeah. from nine o'clock, and then um, go and pick the kids up. But some days I go and pick the kids up, and it just breaks your day up. So some days nine till five turns into nine till seven, but I've had a gap between to have tea with the kids and stuff like that. So that's the advantage of freelance is that you can. Mix it up a bit because as long as you deliver, no matter what hours you work. Um, but yeah, if I could, and I think the idea is potentially that I go and find my own studio or something, or find a space to work in, uh, nine to five would be great for me because I went from working in a design agency, which was nine to six for a good number of years, to then being freelance and going like, "What am I doing? How do I do it? What am I doing? You know, should I be working now or should we?" You know, should I be doing my costings? I should have been, and it's hard to find. I'm still trying to find that balance. Yeah. But yeah, nine to five is, is a better better way of doing it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, is there anyone who hate drawing? Any uh, footballer or, or personally hate drawing? Anyone you can't get a resemblance like? Um, I did you used to struggle with certain players, mate? Um, because you've got people like, um, Ibrahimovic, last time, you know, people that have got these characteristics that yeah. are quite obvious. Beards and moustaches and ponytails, yeah. but because um, you know you can do something just simple as. But um, I think what I find is not one person, specific person I can't get. But what I find is is that if I know that person, as in if I know that footballer, I find it much easier to do. So if I if I, if I because I know Lionel Messi because I watch him play football and I've seen him on a million photographs and I've seen him on the TV. So when I do yeah. a Messi, I say to myself, "No, that doesn't look like him," um, or "That does look like him." But if someone says, "Say, um, I've been doing a lot of work for Brentford, um, cool. and um, I love working for Brentford," but I'm not, I don't really know many of the players and things like that. So when they say, "Can you illustrate this player?" I go off a reference photo that they send me and I go, right, yeah, that's the player. But I don't know if that looks like him. Mm. So I have to go and do this research on them to see, you know, because just one photograph or one way of showing me, actually, you, you know, you have photographs taken of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you just illustrate that photograph from that photograph or that reference, you think, you think that doesn't look like that. Someone will say that doesn't look like that person. But actually, I only know because I've seen, seen photos of them and stuff. And I remember working for Juventus and like, which was amazing, you know, Juventus getting in touch. And like, you're doing um, Buffon, um, and you're doing um, um, Benucci or someone like that. Well, you know who they are, you know exactly what they look like, you know if you're not getting it right. But then it got to the point where they were asking me to illustrate the, from the junior squad and stuff. Well, I didn't know who they were, and you couldn't find reference images for them. And right. they'd send you pictures and they'd say like, oh, can you illustrate this player, but now he's got a shaved head rather than the dreads. And you're like, 
But I don't know what it is. So you illustrate it and they go, it doesn't look anything like him. And you're like, I, I don't really, you can't make it all. And sometimes it's just, I think that that's the thing is it really illustrates people. To illustrate people who you see all the time, watching match the day or watching not league or whatever. But actually when it's a random person, it's really difficult. Um, yeah. That, that's where I struggle. So. Uh, how long do you spend on that likeness? How long do you spend trying to get it right? That's um, different. See if diff, I suppose it differs, doesn't it? For, it, it does differ with different illustrations, but I, I spend more on the likeness in the face on anything that I do. Mm. I'd say that's my focal point to start with. I, I work out a composition, but I start on that composition on the face because if I'm not getting the likeness, then what am I doing? Sort of thing. Mm. So um, I, I'd say that's. Um, that's that's how I work because that's if I'm not getting that the rest of it won't it's not worth doing it sort of thing yeah, yeah. but I think that's the one I mean in in the football game or working football illustration or working that sort of, that's that's kind of what you pay to do you, they want you to do a picture of this player so if you're not getting that likeness then you're not going to get future work sort of thing yeah. so, um, you know you look at um you know, the illustrators that we were talking about before, you know, it's, it's trying to, um, you see in their work, they get likeness of, of, of footballers, but in all sorts of different ways. And I think that's proof that you can, I know it sounds daft, but you could have a circle with two eyes and mouth and a goatee on it, and you'll know it's, and a ponytail, you'll know it's Latin, but it's like, could be the simplest thing in the world, or it could be the most intricate drawing in the world. It's, yeah. you know, just about getting those elements and those characteristics, characteristics right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, who influences your sort of layouts and styles the most, or, or what sort of what influences you? Um, I I get influenced by the little things. It's weird. It's like I I, I like see um, I just see things that I like. So I'll see like um, a background that someone's used. Yeah. And I don't go and copy that background, but what I think is actually wouldn't it be great if you could create a background that was neon? Or what if you could do it all in tight? Or what if the player um was face on, but what if we did them side on and did it like an app and, and you'll you'll see from my work if you go on my website and stuff like that, there's yeah. things like um I do playing card designs, I do stained glass window designs, because I literally was stood in church once you know I don't really go to church but when I go to church I love stained glass windows I don't know if you ever stand it you like look and the intricacy and the weight and it's graphic design in itself mm. and then what I did was I went oh I want to do some things like that so you try and do it your way and then if there's a playing card that you see you go and do it your way like I did one of Cantona years ago which I saw quite a few prints from things like that because like you've got the reference of King King mm. Eric and all that thing and then from that, that develops onto another style and things like that. It's just, yeah, that's that's kind of nice. Uh, what what sort of stuff do you use? Was the stuff in the background there? You got sort of tools. Um, um, yeah, I have um, a Mac Pro hidden behind here. Um, so this is just a screen, just a, a normal screen attached to that. Um, obviously, Apple Mac wireless mouse and keyboard. Um, and then you're I use more of a mouse guy. You're you're not. You're not a um, tablet. Although that's the Wacom. Big, big Wacom. That's the Wacom. So basically, um, I've got a Wacom set up with right. a pen and everything. So um, I was I was kind of doing lots of vector work, and I had a small Wacom tablet that I did some drawing work on. And then I just thought, well, I wonder what this would be like. I wonder if it would advance my work. And it did. I got. I mean, got quite a lot of work out of it. Um, and I do love using it. It's kind of just different way of working, being able to draw straight onto the screen. Yeah. Just, um, just can get some amazing brushes and things now um, through Adobe Cloud and things like that. And you just, it's a watercolor or it's a, or it's a graphic pen or it's, a, you know, it's, it's unbelievable how you can create some of these things. And um, so people like Brentford have used that, ESPN have used that sort of style. And, um, and what I try and do is try and mix up a bit as well. So I sometimes have vector stuff with drawn stuff or textures and things like that. So in Photoshop, so this this is like a, an old version, but and I don't use it to the full capacity. I use it as a pen drawn on here. Like I, I don't use half 
the other store. I've never used that control device. I've never used it. Um, I know people use boards and all sorts of things, but I literally, I'm rubbish. I use the, the basics. I use like 20% of what you should be using on all of these packages illustrating everything. Um, I've recently bought myself a scanner so I can actually take hand-drawn stuff now and scan it in and then work from that, uh, which does bring a, a better quality to some of the character work that you can do. So instead of like, you know, working from reference and just all the time you can actually you probably saw my bail drawing to the day. You can just try and work on the, the style of it and, yeah. and sketch it out first before you go into the computer so that you actually, rather than just going on the computer and doing it. Um, but th this has been a big change for me, uh, the Wacom tablet. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the hand-drawn first uh, debate? Are you, are you on that side? If you, I mean, it's, ti it's literally timing. It's right. that I used to do everything hand-drawn and take it through. And now I find I do it less and less because the turnaround times are so quick and you're working on things and you're like, well, I've got to get 24 illustrations out of these players. Mm. You end up, what you end up doing is, and why I love Illustrator so much is that you're sort of crafting shapes all the time. It's like sculpting in a way, it's not stupid, but you're kind of always moving points and shapes to get it to what you want. Um, and it's a different way like this, like on something that's drawn, you're constantly doing a couple of lines and then undoing it and then doing a couple of lines that works and then doing this and it's sketching it. Um, so there's a freedom to that bit. But it's, it's, it's one of those things, if you've got the time to do it, it's the best way to do it. But if you, if you haven't got the time, you've just got to grapple on and get things out. That's, that's the truth of it. It's industry. It's, it's how it works. Um, but I do love drawing and whenever the time to draw, I draw. Looking at your work, is it is it mainly like sort of layered, mainly layered shapes? Do you have them on separate layers, or how how does that sort of work? It depends. What you, I mean, if you're transparent, because you have like a lot of different highlights. Yeah. So for instance, that's a vector illustration. Yeah. Uh, so this is me wanting to do something a bit different, um, and this I, I sort of have these sort of some designs that are a bit more like geometric designs with like shapes. Yeah. But this was me trying to get something like that into a full player rather than just the face and things. Mm. So I don't work in layers. I just work in tones of colour and build it up and build it up and move it around to get lightness. And, try and, and it's trying to take away as much as you can to, to get that lightness so that you're not too detailed. You've just got enough there so you know it's David Silver and you know it's Harry Kane or whatever. Um, and that's what I like. I like having the minimal amount of stuff to make something work. Um, but then, in, for instance, for the Brentford, when I'm working on a cover design, like this guy, I mean, you can, I don't know if you can see that, but mm. that's the amount of layers just on that. And that'll be layers for stripes on the shirt, or it'll be layers for swooshes, or... like background splashes and things like that. Yeah. And what it means is if you build it like that in Photoshop, so that's in Photoshop, the other one's Illustrator, you can kind of make mistakes because you build it up and you can like remove layers and put layers in or change it or if you haven't got the lightness right, you can put it back in. And so in Photoshop, I tend to build up in layers like that. Also, don't trust Photoshop as much as do with points and vectors in Illustrator. You kind of know where you are with points and vectors. In Photoshop, you're like, I'm in the right resolution, if I've done it the right way, it's going to print right and stuff like that. So I always make every Photoshop file as huge as I can so that if you ever use it, posters and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But it's, it's just different ways of working. And I, what I do is I always start trying to learn something from the basics. So like with a Wacom tablet, I just use the basics. And then you just, the more you use it, the better you get at it. The more you, you know, the more things you start to use, like brushes and stuff. I wasn't using brushes for ages. I was doing work for ESPN. And I was just literally using the lime thing, the, the lime brush. And then I realized that you could go on Adobe Cloud and download all these amazing brushes. And so then that's why these backgrounds look like this. And, and that's why you get these watercolor swooshes in it. Because I didn't even know you'd do that. And then you do, you do them a bit. And then look at someone like Dave, Dave Merrill, who's like, <laughs> I couldn't even start to know where he, where he gets his brushes and things from. So, it's just uh, doing what you know and what you can and doing it to the best you can and then you'll learn something each time you do it and you'll learn something else. Like in, in Illustrator, you can 
know, just by using multiplies and building colors can create all sorts of different effects. Uh, and then, I think. It's really interesting how, how the design is built up. Like, so you do something like, like, like also, like I started off doing that, like one of these vector illustrations where it's big yeah. shapes, but then I thought it wouldn't be great if it was like neon and I got some really nice highlights on it. And then I took it to Photoshop and did some really nice colorways with it and some textures and stuff, and it just builds up that way. Um, it's just experimenting all the time. I don't, I, I can't give advice, I'm no expert, but don't, don't get trapped and do the same thing over and over again. I don't think try and get something that is yes your style but always be looking to think about something else someone will pick up on it and that style might take off and you might do tons of work from it but always have something that you're thinking about or changing it up or thinking of something else that you can do otherwise you just static but you might not even enjoy it that's the thing yeah yeah awesome um, last quick questions I ask everyone first of all what's your best bit of advice to creatives Advice to creatives: just keep working, <laughs> just keep doing it. Um, I think it sometimes, some days, you're happy as like you've got the, you've got a big project you're working on, everything's great. Next week you have nothing, and it's and it's getting through that and using that time and using that that downtime, whatever it is, to do something completely new, get it out of there, and, and someone will like it, or someone will see it. Do something different. Do something that, 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 that no one's seen before. Someone's seen before, but they've not seen it in your way approach or your way of doing it. And it's not about buying big fancy equipment. It's not. I started on a, a little iMac, and I built up to have these things. But this isn't. I don't use this like it should be. I use it as a drawing tool. But you can. I have another Wacom tablet that's this big, like a bamboo one, which I started on. I was doing work for ESPN with that. It's not about the equipment. It's just about doing the work, getting it out there and getting it seen. And it's not about how many followers you have on social media. People think it's about how many followers you have. It's about having the right followers on social media. Yeah. You know, I get excited when, if my social media pings up, it says the marketing director of such and such sports company or whatever it is now following you, like, why do you find me, right? What am I doing? What's he seen that he likes? You know, and yet it's, it's only those things that, well, if Joe blogs from Stockport follows me, that's great because I, I really like it. People like my work and they want to follow it. But you've got to think about that next work and who's following, who are the right people to follow that work. Yeah, yeah. Advice is just keep, keep doing it, keep creating, and then ask people for advice. Be cheeky. Awesome. <laughs> uh, what's your best purchase under £100? Oh, crikey. <laughs> Could be anything, it doesn't have to be designed. Best purchase under £100. See, look around the desk. Mm hmm. Um, the, the brushes that I bought for that one were the best. <laughs> the brushes for Photoshop. There you go. And they and they they changed the way I work. So yeah, I, that's off the top of my head. I have no idea. Probably loads of things you've got better for hundred pounds. But yeah, that's uh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, finally, big question again. How do you want to be remembered? Crikey. Look, Dad. <laughs> That's it. Honestly, it's like, you know, if, if people want to be famous from doing this sort of stuff, that's that's great. Um, it's, it's How you want to be remembered is that you made an impact in your life to the people that, that, that you're around. You know, I remember as a good dad. That's it. You know, no one's going to remember me and, 20 years as a football illustrator is not going to happen. It's just, yeah. Whatever you do, don't, you're not trying to go for the fame. You're trying to build something so that it makes you and your business and what you do something that you can enjoy doing and get paid for. Fame thing is like, it might come one day, it might come the other, it might not come at all. Um, I don't know, yeah. Remember as a good dad. Yeah. I've just recently started uh, coaching my little lads on the sevens football team. So if I was remembered as a good football coach, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be happy. Yeah. That'd be good. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, where can people find you and say hello to you on the internet? Uh, yeah, anyway, Instagram is 
at Dave Flanagan77. And uh, Twitter is at Dave Flanagan. And my website is uh, daveflanagan.co.uk. Yeah, go and say hello. But plenty of people do. <laughs> try and answer. I try. Um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks very much for being on the podcast. No problem. It's, uh, yeah, it. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle podcast. Please go and check out Dave and all his awesome work. Also, you can join the Creative Waffle Club by leaving a review on iTunes or for this podcast. Once you've left the review, then just contact me, hello at Blue Deer Design or UK or via social media at Blue Deer Design and uh, let me know you've left one and I'll send you out a free pin badge, free Creative Waffle pin badge which I haven't got yet, but they'll be here before Christmas, so uh, please do let me know, and I'll try and get it out to you as soon as possible. Also, if you enjoyed the show, any shares, likes, subscribes, anything that will help the show grow will be really, really appreciated. Thank you very much, and I'll see you in next week's episode.